I am so pumped to be bringing this episode to you. Today I'm sitting down with Adil Ahmed while I was on tour in the US. Adil is the host of the Misophonia podcast where people share their living experiences with misophonia. You might be wondering, what is misophonia? Misophonia involves being hypersensitive to certain types of sounds, commonly noises like slurps, chewing and crunching and it can wreak havoc on families, emotional health and relationships. But there is hope. Join us as we go deeper into Adil's own story with misophonia, the way he's brought sufferers together on his own podcast and the surprising childhood factors that may contribute to it. Without further ado, this is Adil Ahmed. Yeah, I should get an elevator pitch going. But basically, I mean, misophonia—it's—it's it's a, it's a disorder. Uh, it's a extreme sensitivity to certain sounds. It's not a hatred of all sounds, which is the, you know, the definition of misophonia. Um, but it's—it tends to be the, um, yeah, an extreme. You have an extreme reaction to certain sounds. That reaction ends up feeling like a fight or flight situation where you're. You, you're completely fixated on the sound and you feel like you need that you need to make it stop or and you, you tend to have violent thoughts <laughs> about it that you know you most I, I haven't really heard of anybody acting on them or you just kind of need to leave um, and that's the, the flight aspect of it um, it the sounds tend to be related to, okay so I mean there's obviously like a, a curve there's a spectrum but um, most of them tends to be like you said around chewing or gum smacking or in my case also like throat clearing and coughing and sniffling things like that um, those are very common sounds but but there's also been like um, yeah I mean you know murmuring bass from far away um, uh, hands kind of clapping together really fat and really hard uh, and, and rubbing against each other so, so there's um, there's, there's a bit of a variety there, but but the common aspect is that feeling of like fight or flight. This is not like a uh, oh I'm kind of annoyed. Yeah, that's kind of gross. Mm. No, this is more like uh, you can't stop thinking about it, um, and it it very much feels like a um, it's not it's not a conscious thing. It's from that lizard lizard kind of reptilian limbic um, system. Um, it yeah you just you just yeah. something is telling you that you're in danger, and yeah. so. That's kind of hopefully that sums it up for folks who might be new to it. Mm. And and for you specifically, I think you highlighted some of those triggers for you, which is the throat clearing, the coughing, the sniffling. How? What has your journey been like with misophonia? If we just take a step back. Um, yeah, I mean, even, it's yeah. A, yeah. So the, the you know what might probably helpful for the audience because mine my journey is pretty similar to most of the people that I've talk to where it started around that um middle schoolish age group um of you know the eight to twelve kind of years um usually starts at home with family members that's the other thing about misophonia is um what makes it extra frustrating for folks all around is um sometimes the okay sometimes like a sound by anybody will really send you into a fear of fight or flight but it it also can be very contextual where the sound that like a family member or someone close to you, someone you're around a lot, will throw you over the edge. But then the same kind of thing from somebody else, maybe a stranger, your brain doesn't assign that kind of threat level. So uh, getting back to your question, yeah, so it's not around that, that age group, but it was very much around the home. Um, so, you know, like like 
parents' sounds, make, making those sounds, um, which is very common with um, uh, with with misophones. So, um, so what ends up happening is like, well, at least you know, back in the day, back before two thousand. 2010 when we knew it had a name nobody knew what it was i didn't know what it was and so we mm. tended to kind of like bottle it up kind of attribute it to like you know teenage angst <laughs> kind of that that um you know that whole deal and um then you know it just kind of it didn't really bother me in school which is another thing that um some people it does bother in school but yeah. a lot of people are somehow able to again maybe contextually they're able to kind of their brain doesn't assign the same threat level to like friends or, or a kind of busy environment. Um, again, sidetrack busy environment sometimes can give that background a white noise where you're not as triggered, yeah. but, um, as opposed to being at home where it's silent and then people are chewing all around you. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of fast forwarding here to a little bit through school. It you know, didn't really bother me. And at home, yeah, it just kind of like gets worse. You kind of like, you, you know, you kind of, bottling it up and that obviously doesn't help because you're not really communicating with it it starts to build kind of like distance and mm. unspoken resentment and things like that you know um could i could i jump in because no i uh, want to keep talking just kidding. yeah yeah <laughs> well hey hey the, hey the good thing is uh for those listening in adele is a podcaster as well so it's got the full mic set up uh it's going to sound incredibly crisp when you have your headphones so. in but uh, you, you, you take the pressure off me because I just ask a question and you know exactly where I'm going and you know how to unpack it, which <laughs> uh, doesn't feel like I'm squeezing le- like um, lemonade out of a lemon or whatever they say, sure. lemon out of a lemon. <laughs> uh, the question I had is uh, just specifically, I think, you know, being South Asian, both of us, uh, and being from that subcontinent, uh, conversations around mental health and frustrations and angst is quite limited. And, you know, it's taken me 25 years to even hear the term misophonia. And this is in 2023. And this is, uh, quite honestly, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. Obviously, when we connected through, um, you know, distantly through Jane and everything like that. But I'm thinking 2010, when there was probably very limited research, um, a lot of the dialogue around uh, identity and belonging and mental health, which feeds into this journey around misophonia, would be quite limited as well. And then also coming from that South Asian background, it just adds these inter- uh, intersectional lens. So I'm just wondering in particular if I could dive deeper into what it was like growing up in your household and what was that dialogue around? Because you mentioned bottling it up and I can only imagine that that gets exacerbated you know, in a household where potentially dialogue around these things just is non-existent. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you, you kind of nailed it there. So, uh, yeah, I can, I can kind of like zoom in a little bit there. I mean, especially, yeah, growing up in a particularly conservative kind of religious household you're the answer to all any kind of mental health issue is tends to usually come down to god or reading yeah. being more pious <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's like you kind of like really, it really might really. even even if it's not um even if it's not explicitly stated it's so implied in the culture that you don't even bother to um bring things up yeah. because you know what you're going to get. And so and then when you're around that age um of you that you know that middle school maybe early high school age when you're intellectually kind of opening yourself up then it's it's like um it's even more frustrating because it's like you're not necessarily you know you know you're at that age you know what the answer would be you're not necessarily looking for this here hearing the same thing over and over again and so you just bottle up even more <laughs> um and so um 
And so, yeah, I mean, it, like, it took you 25 years to hear him. It's funny. Yeah, I mean, I it it kind of blew up around 2011 when they started to get mentioned in the media and the New York Times and whatnot. I mean, I, I still didn't know about a lot of mental health stuff until a couple of years ago. Like, I didn't know what the mm. hell the nervous system was. I thought it was just kind of like, you know, the thing that makes you, you know, feel pain when you touch a stove kind of thing. That's yeah. I had no idea that it had anything, <laughs> anything mental, no kind of mind-body thing. So um, so even after I got out of, well, even after I kind of like um, left home, went to school, got our job, like it still took me years to kind of like, because um, I didn't even think, I didn't even think to look anywhere to, to yeah. you know, learn about that stuff. It was just what I'd watch on TV or a movie, <laughs> you know, so. I'll be the last person to tell you that I know everything within the whole mental health space. I think there's plenty to learn. And I think a lot of research comes out where things are being proven or disproven or, or new study comes out just in general. But it's one of those things where when I was reading up on it, the statistics is uh, one in 10 or uh, I think 10 or tw- something in the vicinity of 10 to 20% of people will have some sort of symptoms or some sort of connection to misophonia. And I can only suspect that a big percentage of that probably don't have the dialogue and all the understanding around what it is that's actually pissing them off, perhaps, perhaps. Um, and so for you during that time, you know, if I just if I just zoom in into your situation, when you perhaps didn't really know how to attach a word to what you're going through, what was it that you were specifically feeling? If perhaps what I'm trying to dig into here is that fight or flight response and you mm-hmm. touching on the fact that this is more than just being annoyed or frustrated, but it's something bigger. And I think the only way I can think about it is if I see like a snake or a lion, like that activates that fight or flight. And perhaps what we're talking about here is that these sounds activate a very similar part of the brain as if you were seeing a snake or a lion. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, back in the back in the early years, I... I didn't even know that there would be another. Like I didn't know what I didn't know, so I didn't know that there would be another word. So I just, I just, I in my head, I just made it personal. It to me, it was like I'm just like not just annoyed with this. I'm annoyed with the sounds, and then beyond that, it's like, well, there's other, all these other things. I'm not, you know, I'm not kind of feeling or or thinking like of the, you know, the people around me, and so I just kind of turn it into other things because I didn't even think that I, mean, I, I was also very um you know as you can tell I was very into audio stuff so I thought maybe I'm just very you know because I'm interested in audio maybe I'm just so I always um assumed it was other stuff because I didn't know what I didn't know um then later on like well honestly it wasn't until late 2000s that I heard the, the word misophonia because I'd read some article online um but by then, you know, I was kind of like working on my own and things like that. And so I, you know, I had many years of working in offices and being annoyed by coworkers, mm. but still didn't know, not really knowing what it was. I, again, I made it personal. Like it, it was just like, I hated having lunch with coworkers. And I just told myself, I have nothing to talk about with these, with these old men, yeah. which is probably true, but I also <laughs> just didn't want to sit there listening to everybody, you know, munching on their mayonnaise yeah. sandwiches and stuff so um so i think that's kind of i don't know i didn't really look to think of it as something like a disorder and um you know potentially that there would be research happening in the future that just kind of like grouped it with other things what what did it mean when you were because obviously I mean, this is this is a world before work from home 
was a thing so you'd be in office or office <laughs> cubicles and yeah um uh like <laughs> so i was luckily i was in i was i was in tech i was in tech um and i think yeah most of my jobs were either yeah other cubicle which is not great right because it's basically open office um it's open office but it's kind of crazy because you don't know where the thing the noise is coming from so you're been sometimes even more like freaked out right uh you don't know what where to run because <laughs> you don't know where the sound is coming from um but then but then i also had jobs which were just literally open like a warehouse kind of open office kind of modern tech kind of thing and, and this is like early early 2000s right and so there was one job where yeah i had a few years where i had my like my own office window everybody had their own office um closed door and everything um that was nice um but uh but yeah i and then it was around that time when i saw that article where um yeah I, you know i had a it was a completely open office so i had a, bo- a software thing kind of stuff i had a boss who would uh um you know open his diet coke and really slowly and then sip it really slowly and then uh, and then um yeah, frustrates me make make the post you know post to drink sounds even you know really yeah. <laughs> stuff. yeah uh and it was kind of facing the entire team so it was like you know you can't you can really uh get away from it and so so that was that was kind of interesting because then i would so the, the, the interesting there thing there was uh i remember at one point i just went into the kitchen and just kind of like got a snack or something or just kind of like uh to decompress i would actually usually go for a walk this was downtown san francisco so it was super nice to just kind of go out and walk down market street we were just on the main the main street um and but there was one time i just went into the kitchen and then one of my co-workers um was there and he was also freaking out and then somehow we got to talking that he's super sensitive to sound too i had him actually on the podcast uh, a couple years ago colin um but yeah he was kind of one of my first uh co-workers at this company and we just ended up both having <laughs> and this is early early like i had just found out what the name was so i was telling him about it and then i said one day i'm gonna start a podcast man <laughs> 10 years <laughs> and, you're the, be on it. and i, I want to get into maybe a bit later on just around like how workplaces and how people can accommodate for people that have misophonia but i think before getting into that you know what did that mean for relationships or you know having a wife like partner like people that are quite intimate in your life um and obviously people will try their best to to accommodate where they can but um i just imagine sometimes you just can't and what what does it mean for uh, discussions with loved ones and family once you kind yeah. of could articulate what was going on yeah i mean i think i think my wife's the one who found that initial article because you know the, okay. the signs were there it was like okay yeah this article is like spot on yeah. it was about a, it was about a guy in toronto who just like would hide in his bathroom and stuff yeah. when, his, when his partner would end so um so it was like a more extreme case but I, but yeah i mean you you just kind of like as long as like, as you get older you're probably going to veer towards people who have a greater understanding of this kind of stuff even if you don't necessarily know what the word is for misophonia so yeah it comes down to that it's it is still hard though to to I mean, so it's the kind of thing where it um because it sounds so dumb like uh you know being annoyed with sounds it's easy for uh and then and then the the um the flight or flight goes from jekyll to hyde in like you know less time than it takes to accelerate 
you know, your, your car, uh, your, your Lamborghini, then it's, it's, um, it's, 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 it's so easy for it to turn into just kind of like a personal reactive kind of thing on both sides. Right. So you just kind of like, uh, I know I've learned over, um, over time just to try to, uh, and I don't, I'm not super, I'm not hundred percent successful, but, um, you know, talk about that podcast, like to tell, to tell your brain before, you walk into a situation that you're not in danger. It's a, that self-soothing kind of common mental health kind of thing. It's yeah, it's a combination of like being around people who kind of understand mental health in general, even if they don't necessarily get misophonia. That's the first step. You don't want to be around people who are gonna, you know, mock it or um, that's that's not gonna work. <laughs> but but then also then you have to like you know try to understand it for yourself and and understand that it is a um, a fear sensation and if you can kind of like try to calm your nervous system down uh you know making sh- make sure you're not like every day have have had no sleep or have not eaten anything um you know this is like hangry times 100 right that's what misophonia is so just make sure you, you cover the basics there and then try to do some self-soothing and then and then uh it's about regulation i mean there's a lot of ways to try to regulate yourself it might not be purely a regulation thing, but um, these are these are kind of tips that you have. And then having, um, you know, things like earbuds around, which you don't necessarily need to always use. But if you if your brain knows that you are prepared with your um, emergency kit, then it also kind of like puts yourself at ease a little bit. So a range of tools to kind of like, uh, but but yeah, the first, first thing is you just need to be around people who are not going to, uh, who, who have, uh, at least need to have a modicum of respect for yeah. mental health stuff. So, And um, you mentioned emergency kit. So I'm keen to understand like whether... I should both, start selling one for my Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm keen to understand like um, perhaps it's a, a deal branded. Um, yeah, both like from a from a tangible perspective and an intangible perspective. So I guess just around when you notice these triggers coming up and flaring up in you, what uh, so what's in your emergency kit? And I guess I'm not sure whether you meant that physically, like earbuds, etc. But also wanting to understand how do you go about soothing yourself, um, and I guess stabilizing the situation when you feel that you know you've got this reaction that's coming up. Yeah, so yeah, the emergency kit was just kind of more um, metaphorical. Got it. It's, Got it. it's more just um, trust. Trust me to miss that. Yeah. Trust. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm just saying words. I'm just saying random words. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just literally just made up that idea of, a, of an emergency kit. But it's more just kind of like having a um, uh, some kind of a, just a plan of like. Well, I mean, if you if you know if you just if you have some. And, and I don't always have my you know my earbuds around, but it's it's good to know that hey you know family event is coming up. If you just have them within reach, or and or, um, you have a an escape like you have a place you can go and take a walk, or even if it's doing more chores where you can kind of be by yourself, or just take a five minute break. Um, ideally, if, you know people just kind of get it and they kind of let you do that, um, mm-hmm. or you just take initiative and just and just take a time out for yourself just giving just telling yourself that you were you were you're going to give yourself a time out um calms that nervous system down then you can literally talk to yourself like you know uh, and just say like and sometimes say that i'm like you close my eyes close my eyes and say you know everything's going to be okay the meal or whatever it is is you know tops 20 30 minutes 
then you can go do whatever you want. If you need to take a break in the middle, I mean, you can get a drink glass of water or something just to kind of like move. I think that's the important thing, um, having, having optionality. Uh, and you were talking about, um, what, what could a workplace do? Like, you don't need to like give everybody an anechoic chamber, but I think if you give people optionality to move around, um, and be in different environments, I think that that helps. Um, which I think there is a tendency, there has been, uh, well, before work from home, I noticed a lot of tech offices were going in that direction where it was like um, kind of mobile desks. Like you can have a desk, you can then go into a conference room, you can go into a little phone booth, you can go into a little uh, breakout room kind of thing. So um, breakout rooms are great because nobody actually uses them for meetings and then you can go <laughs> and just kind of work there. So um uh, maybe I've digressed from your original question, but yeah, it was the idea of like, these are all kind of like, not necessarily an emergency kit, but a kind of a, a plan. And once you have, once you've been in enough situations and you know, you have misophonia and you think about this stuff, you can kind of like look for, you can kind of have that, even if you haven't thought about it in advance, like it's kind of on autopilot, you kind of know what to do. It doesn't always help, but um, I don't know. I, I feel like just a knowing what the nervous system is that was a great revelation <laughs> a couple of years ago and then knowing how to manage it i think is uh is the best we can do for now yeah you're you run a podcast at the moment talking about misophonia and unpacking that and i guess in in some element destigmatizing it the people you've had on and just in your own research and your own experience what are the traditional triggers for misophonia for people that perhaps have noticed that hang on a second that noise or that pattern or that rhythm whatever it might be is impacting uh impacting them like what what are the common ones i think you mentioned chewing and uh, a few other things earlier but yeah is there is there anything else that kind of falls into that spectrum yeah i mean it's chewing gum smacking throat clearing um Sometimes uh, even things like vocal fry that kind of like when people, well, I won't, I won't uh, uh, mimic it, but uh, you can kind of imagine when the voice is not so much tonal now, it becomes just that kind of crackly nature. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so sniffling is another one. Um, it, it tends to be like, you know, there's like a ear, nose, ear, nose and eye or a mouth throat and nose doctor like that would be yeah that would be absolute hell for uh misophones because like it's all sounds from that part of the body (laughs) yeah there's there's a even even um even when i was hearing you speak um on some of the other talks you had i had come across that there was actually an annual event uh for misophonia uh or there's like these conferences that exist and i'm what i'm curious about is a how are they designed um and what so i think that's probably the most predominant one like what are the ways because obviously you've got a lot of people attending that um identify with misophonia and what are ways in which they accommodate for these people perhaps even if there's overnight stays or kitchen areas or communal areas that make it accommodating in general yeah there's a few conferences there's only one that's actually kind of been in person and that's the one that's the, the misophonia association one that's been around for like 10 11 years it's actually next weekend um and it's usually around around this time uh, i'll be speaking remotely but um but i've been to a few of those in person and yeah what they do is uh, they i mean they definitely think about it the planning of it um because you have a couple hundred misophones there and then 
and then the speakers. So they always pick an embassy suite hotel because uh, all the rooms have two doors. They have like uh, uh, the front door and then there's like a living area and then there's another door for the bedroom. So you have kind of like a a shield for sleeping. Um, And then the other thing they do is all of the food that they bring in is all like soft, not crunchy, goopy kind of food. It's like um, muffins and eggs. So it's stuff like, yeah, you don't necessarily want to like be right next to the person, but like there's so much space in these lobbies and stuff that you can kind of take some soft food and go off and you're not going to hear like a cacophony of crunching and, um, you know, crunching is another, any any kind of food sound is going to get somebody. So um, yeah. And then, um, but, but it is, it can be kind of a, um, you can beep this, but shit show in the um, actual lectures because yeah, I mean, sometimes, I mean, people, your nervous system somehow, even before I knew what a nervous system was, I went to my first, uh, misophonic convention and there was something about being in the room with all these misophones that kind of like felt like you were around kind of um uh, you know a friendly environment people who would kind of get it but there are still so there you know i i do remember some um egregious coffers (laughs) (laughs) what like of all the places um and and you know i'm not gonna name any names but there's some like prominent uh prominent misophonia um i don't know if i'd call them i don't even want to say if they're, if they're researchers or not but like we're like you know taking taking like um open with without headphones like open call like zoom calls oh. in, in the hallway while there's you know oh, that's electric. Uh, yeah <laughs> it's like uh, i was shocked to see like like who, prominent you know, prominent leaders yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 oh yes, wow yes yes that says so, something about um, the state of the world, mm-hmm. isn't it? In some ways, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was surprising, but not surprising on on many different uh, levels. But uh, so, but I don't want to like you know. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. Push you. Out, but <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> want to. You know, as a missile, you remember this stuff, <laughs> so I just got to bring it up. But they, but they do. No, they. Do, but but they do. Overall, I mean, it's it's always a great experience. Um, overall, and uh, I enjoy going there because they, you know, they they do they do think about this stuff and then um yeah just hanging out with other misophones it's 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 so interesting uh learning you basically you get all these people from all over the country mostly some from around the world very different age groups and backgrounds but it's crazy how similar some of our experiences were like you know because it's so common with parents or family members or people we know and it's just like oh you know car you know um road trips and all, all these kind of common experiences were all colored by misophonia and it's just like oh my gosh this guy who's like 60s 70s was a is a nurse was a boxer i have like all this stuff in common with him and uh so that, that's kind of actually um and this particular person in particular was was what inspired me to start the podcast a few years ago or four years ago was uh to share with people it was it was not about uh public advocacy it was this is literally targeted towards like other people with misophonia who may or may not know what it is but just kind of like to show everybody that uh yeah you know we have a lot of common things yeah it's (laughs) like like eerily common things and so yeah yeah like very very specific you mean like very Mm -hmm. specific (laughs) yeah 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 it's not just it's not just the events it's the emotions too yeah we've we've we're like oh okay yeah i I, <laughs> I know what was going on in your brain at that moment when you were 13. And I like I think that's a good segue because I, 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 I recall that I've just like 
missed asking one of the most important questions, which is where where does it originate from? Yeah, I mean, this is active research. Some people say it's uh, a physical cringe or flinch, and that causes uh, and that and that physical reaction um, uh, turns into emotional distress. Other people, it, you know. It's the other way around, where it's it's uh, maybe trauma related, your your PTSD related, because most of the people I've talked to um, on the podcast have had severe like walking on eggshells situations growing up, whether it's like a volatile parent or a, um, some traumatic thing happened to them. Um, and and so I I don't know the the jury the jury's out. There's people looking at the brain and 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 what's you know how it, what are the patterns happening in the brain, whether it's firing of the brain or how the brain's wired differently maybe for misophone so i don't know if there's any kind of consensus it's too early early to tell um we just know what it feels like (laughs) so you're you're currently in the process of writing a book with with jane could you share us a little bit about uh what you're working on and yeah i guess what the intended outcome is of publishing that yeah, the book is out in the UK, um, but it's by, by Bloomsbury, uh, one of their um, Green Tree imprint, I believe. Uh, Harry Potter's publisher. Just wanted to oh. <laughs> uh, so it's, a, it's, um, it's out in the UK. It's going to be out in the US on November 14th. So you can order it. You can, you can walk into a bookstore. You can walk into a, a Waterstones in, in the UK and um, get it there. Uh, oh, and then it'll, actually be, it'll be in Australia, I believe, like November 1st. So between the uh, UK and... Uh, U.S. launches, and so um, so it's called "Sounds Like Misophonia." It's written by Dr. Jane Gregory, an Oxford researcher, clinician, also a fellow misophone, and she's been on the podcast. Um, that's kind of how we connected. She just wanted to come on the podcast a couple years ago. Um, I, I just uh, my contributions were um, basically finding um, case studies. I basically went through people who've been on the podcast and kind of had them talk to them about misophonia, had them go through Jane's exercises that she has worked on and developed through her, um, through her research and clinic. And, um, but it's primarily like, you know, Jane's work is in there. Um, it's, it's a self-help book. It's designed to be a self-help book that you can pick up and read over time in chunks. You can start at the end, go to the beginning, but it's got some introductory stuff about misophonia. It's um, it's got a lot of exercises. It's through mainly through like a CBT lens, but it also um, it also dis- it also talks about thinking back to childhood and what were some of the events that may have been hap- like difficult events that were happening around the time where you kind of like felt your first triggers, which um, which I think is honestly that doesn't get talked about enough. So I, that's kind of one of the things I'm most proud about proud of about the book that it's not just a uh um here are some here's some ways to kind of like rethink about you know reframe sounds in your in your mind there's a lot of cool exercises to help you do that um but then this kind of like lens of looking into the past and uh talking to your child self i mean these are things that i think misophones need to um um be exposed to because not enough people are talking about that and i think uh there is something to this idea of of reconnecting with the past to try to um bring some harmony to what you know what your child self was going through around the time where you started to be afraid of certain sounds p- perhaps as a warning so, so I, I i digress a little bit about the book but yeah that, that's that's kind of like that's kind of yeah that's that's the book um and again 
yeah, it's it's out now, or it's going to be out by the time this podcast comes. Out. Oh, and there's an audiobook too, and Kindle and all that stuff. Oh, so. fabulous! And um, I was going to ask you just just uh, following on from that, even so, your your background is as an audio engineer, and you currently run the podcast. Uh, I guess um, that's these are all side projects. Well, the the podcast sure. is a total side project, but yeah, yeah. Sure. The even even in the production of an audiobook or in the production of when you do the podcast as well how how do you make it misophone friendly yeah i wish i i didn't have anything to do with the audiobook although i heard samples of it and uh at least there doesn't seem too many triggers um anyway the, the podcast <laughs> itself though which i do have obviously control about um yeah so from the it's funny i haven't changed the process since like day one when i had this like weird idea to do a podcast for people who don't like to listen to other people the idea was um l- first of all let me um let me like m- you know cu- go and open each audio file in logic pro cut out l- cut out any little um i can now recognize an audio waveform what like a, uh, a lip smack a cough or anything kind of looks like and kind of like i'm watching tv and i can just kind of like chop 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 and by the end i have like swiss cheese of an audio file for for both tracks so i and i have separate tracks so because you know um so that i can kind of make it as clean as possible um so you know i don't necessarily always get everything but i do get like let me tell you trust me i get like 99 percent of everything and sometimes people you know, i can't control if people are holding their microphone and maybe rubbing against their shirt or something there are some episodes which are kind of difficult uh to cut everything out but you know i, I do my best for um almost no money uh yeah pretty much no sponsor or anything so the other thing i do then um knowing that i'm not going to get completely everything and knowing that no one wants it's um people we generally don't want to have be listening to people talking and then something goes silent and then it's it's that that kind of it's, can be can be kind of jarring and also i know that some sometimes people um or maybe on a bus or in a difficult situation and they don't have white noise to listen to. I just put brown noise, which is like a less harsh version of white noise in the background underneath the voices. So basically now it's, uh, I cut out as many triggers as possible. And then I put a nice layer of brown noise in the background. Brown noise just, it's like a more of like a rumble. And like, if you're, if you're on an airplane by yourself and people weren't like opening peanut bags around you, that kind of nice background noise, um yeah that's 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 really that's really all i do well then i do um so i use logic and i have a bunch of audio plugins so that there's definitely a bunch of eqing to make sure i don't get all that uh i have a de-esser to take out the sibilance like that the the really sharp s's so there's a bunch of other kind of like eqing that i do there's a bunch of compression to make sure that you know someone starts laughing it just doesn't like blow the levels things are pretty even but still kind of dynamic so but those are just kind of like really common music recording, music production kind of stuff. But you know, in music production, you don't you don't put you know noise in the background. <laughs> Why? What was the what was the impetus for starting the podcast? Um, yeah, and and have they have they been? I I often you know pe- people often ask me even in my own podcast journey why I started, um, and then also you know there's there's a there's a flow on of questions that often get asked i guess 95 percent of the time but one of the things i've learned just from doing the podcast is it sounds weird to say but in in some way it's often been quite therapeutic 
in the same way that therapy could be as well because you're given the space to explore what's going on with someone else and what's going on in yourself and bounce back for you specifically a why did you uh, start the podcast and why did you start speaking uh, up about misophonia and then the second is what have you learned about yourself as you've kind of gone through that journey yeah so i mean uh, yeah i can answer both i mean the I kind of alluded to why, uh, what gave me the idea was uh, kind of a meet and greet happy hour before one of the misophonia conventions, I guess in 2019, when I was, you know, sitting next to Lyle episode, uh, I think four or five or six, something like that, um, hearing his ins- like amazing, incredible story. Um, one of several stories of people in their, you know, of retirement age who completely were i don't know i don't know what the right word but they were kind of separate basically like emotionally separated from their family when they start to uh when they start to feel triggers uh, to the point where i mean he was you know there was like suicidal thoughts at age 10 you know he you know he's on the podcast told me he had a plan that just stopped when he saw his neighbor's dog so <laughs> i mean crazy stuff that um uh, that I was like, this stuff needs to get out. And so, um, so that's kind of how it started. Just kind of like, I literally then just kind of went out, wrote something on Reddit and I opened up, had a Calendly. And so I've never, um, to everyone who comes on, I've never talked to them before. I've, I don't vet anybody. I told you about this before. I don't vet anybody. We just like, I have no idea who they are. I don't, I, and I tell them before, I'm not even going to like do any much preamble. Um, let's just get into it. Never had anybody who's like, been a joker and just kind of like yeah you know, whatever <laughs> Taking I'm, 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 all, I'm all, yeah i'm almost kind of like looking forward to that at some point cause I've been <laughs> for, uh, fun for five minutes but uh um, i digress but um but yeah so that's kind of how it started and it just kind of kept going because i just saw more and more people were listening and it was just start to, it became so fascinating to talk to all these people who had very similar situations to myself but then also each other and then you know I don't know about you, but I get all these messages from people who are saying everything from like, you're literally saving people's lives to like, yeah. I know, I understand, like, you know, it, you know, uh, yeah, somebody was just like, um, I just spent the last few hours, like many hours, like uh, bawling around my apartment, walking around because I just started binge, I discovered your podcast, started binging, binge listening to it. And so it's just like all that stuff. And these are just people who are contacting me. So it's like uh there's yeah i can't really turn this off and then and then um then yeah you said like what am i learning about myself i don't know what the hell nervous system was i don't know what hsp like highly sensitive person was i don't know about a lot of these a lot of these things that i that i that i now talk about you know with people who anyone who's going to want to anyone who wants to listen uh, i didn't know about any of this stuff so this was kind of my way of kind of you know learning about this stuff um and then on top of that honestly at this point i'm like so I, I do these podcasts. I don't even give, put a title. I just put the first name of the person, a description. And then it's just now I have like, hundred, like 160, 170. For me now, it's like an art project. It's almost like a, and I'm, I'm going to make some, I'm going to make some bad analogies that I hope I'm not going to offend anybody. But it seems like, it's like, you know, at the Vietnam Memorial, like it's like, I'm going to put a long line of people who have misophonia so that anyone who doesn't have it and is doubting what it is, will see, holy shit, there is like, somebody made a, ridiculous podcast where he just cranks out a random person every week who has this thing like this is an art now for me kind of like an art project almost like a hunger strike or a, or a sit-in like a protest kind of thing so um 
So I'm not I'm not into like public advocacy, like going up and talking to, you know, explaining what it is. But it's more um, I don't know. I find this is kind of the punk way of doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a <laughs> the like, and I just have to ask you, like, what 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 continues to excite you and motivate you? Because you mentioned earlier, there's no sponsors. Uh, you do yeah. it out of your own goodwill and heart, and I guess tackling the space. But what continues to well, yeah, what continues to motivate you? Because being a podcast, that's tough. I I can speak. I can speak. Well, to especially when you're when you're sitting there editing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Every little yeah. lip smack. It's yes. You're questioning your choices, but no, but it, but I I, I no, I, I love doing it because I because well just because I, I I read the impact that it's making, and it's just like. This is just fascinating, uh, and, and if you're an HSP, that is like extra fascinating because, like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, uh, what are these people gonna like? You know, I feel like. Well, the other, the other thing is like because we have so many things in common. It's not like um, it's not like I'm. I don't feel like I'm talking to a stranger. By the end of the conversation, I feel like I'm talking to a like a close friend. This is not like a normal conversation. This is normal like a interview with some person. I'm never gonna. Well, I'm never gonna. In most cases, I'm never going to see or talk to them again. But it's like it's just fascinating to like have that connection and then just be like whatever. Um, the other thing is um, the other thing is that that's motivating me now is after talking to all these conversations, uh, people. Uh, a couple of years ago, I decided that uh, sh- some of this shit is so cinematic that I'm starting to now get into writing and doing music based on stories from the podcast so i'm trying to write a play either play or a screenplay because i think um i think there is definitely i was talking to you know i've, I've had so many artists and composers come on and we sometimes talk about how this is kind of a, a completely untapped emotional landscape where people just don't get it but in our heads it's so intense that there somebody needs to bridge that gap and and, and i'm not planning uh, you know, i don't think art needs to be like a um a tutorial on misophonia like i'm gonna just put this in your face and then you're gonna watch i think there is a um there's some universal lessons that can come out of this so um, this, that's what motivates me too is like just to kind of get more ideas and kind of just be in that headspace yeah the i want yeah if there is like a screenplay uh or some sort of like visual representation of that emotion like emotional arc would be very fascinating and i i I don't know. Is there much that is happening in that space at well, all? Well, there, so there are. You, you, there's been probably in the last two years. There's been like five or six short films, all called Misophonia. <laughs> there's been a horror, a horror film, an Iranian musical, all short films, like like around 10, 10 minutes or so. A puppet uh, film. Um, that and these are all in uh, 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 film festivals. Like there, a lot of the, a lot of these things are happening. There's one that's uh, trying to get funded right now. These uh, two girls that um, just graduated from I think film school or something like that. They're uh, trying to do kind of a more comedic take on misophonia. So there's there there's a movement, and this is all just in the last year or two. Um, and so there is a movement. So now I'm like, oh shit, I need to get on this before. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, so starting to get competitive so, now. Yeah, yeah. But now, well, now, now, um. Uh, mine's gonna be a super like depressing indie art house <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> once once this podcast goes out it can only swing two yeah. ways either someone's gonna copy the idea and take it out to market oh, right. for you yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, well mine, or, or the- mine is gonna have i think some key like um uh childhood stories that are not not misophonia related particularly but uh there is a you know there's an emotional thread that yes. i think will be interesting to watch or you find a collaborator <laughs> Yeah, so, I'm probably going to come down to that because I'm just going to yeah. give up one day. 
Pick yeah, up yeah. the phone. <laughs> pick up the phone book or, or Google for That's writers right. near me. <laughs> uh, do you want to deal with a deal? <laughs> right. That's a bad yeah, joke. It should be my, should be my bumper sticker. Yeah, well, I was, think, I was thinking, uh, anyways, just, I, I go down terrible jokes, but when you were talking about your emergency kit, I was thinking um, uh, dealing with misophonia. <laughs> Well, hey, that's that's that's. But uh, I, 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 I didn't want to say it just because I, I, I wasn't sure in the moment. But anyways, we've 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 broken that uh, that fourth wall or whatever they call I'm gonna it. I'm going to put that on. I think I'm going to put that on Instagram and see what people say. I'll see how many. Yeah, a dealing with <laughs> a guide to a deal. A, uh, yeah, anyways, I'm I'm going. <laughs> this is a now decreasing that Jane, marginal now that the Jane's book is uh, out. I'll, that'll be that'll be the next thing I work. On. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll be the title of my next book. <laughs> um. Awesome, man. I, I've had I've had a pleasure speaking with you. Um, oh yeah, wow! It's already an hour. I, I always tell everybody this: uh, my podcast flies by. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> that was an hour. I just remember just doing like a sound check just before joining in. But where where can people find? I know you you talked earlier about the book being released uh, yeah. in early November, November the first. But then also, where can people find your podcast? Um, perhaps people that might want to come on as a guest or perhaps any like this is this is your space um so share as you will yeah i mean so this the website for the podcast is misophoniapodcast.com that's where you can find like you know it, you, can, you can go there and find links to wherever you listen to podcasts but you can also find it on apple Podcasts and spotify all, all the usual places um you can follow on social media like i always like post about the podcast or do um you know just weird story instagram stories or jokes like i'm gonna i'm gonna put a deal in with misophonia <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, and 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 you know i'll have news I'll, I'll, I'll i mean i'll post research articles i'll post uh you know uh, i'll post about movies of misophonia like whatever i can find about misophonia i'll post on there yes. so uh, you can go on instagram um on Twitter slash X, it's Misophonia Show. Uh, you can do Facebook as well. Um, and then on the mis- on the on the Instagram, I do have a. Um, uh, so I think on the website misophoniapodcast.com, there's a link to my Calendly link. Yep. Um, I only actually make dates available when I'm about to go into my like month long um, sessions of like recording. But just email me at hello at misophoniapodcast.com or send me a dm on instagram and i usually give people first dibs when it's my next when it's the next kind of like recording period uh, to grab a slot and that's a wrap for this episode if you're enjoying our conversations please help us out with a quick rate and review on spotify and apple podcasts all the conversations are recorded in video so check us out on instagram and facebook at our handle at bottled up oz Drop us a comment or a message if any of these conversations resonate with you. And most importantly, please share this podcast with anyone who might need it. So as always, this is Bottled Up. Thanks for being part of our family and see you next time.